Hello everyone and welcome back. So today I'm going to be talking about where the heck I've been because I've been on a pause in terms of podcasting and I'm really going to be talking about the importance of discomfort and pain and the alchemization of pain. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Life Cycle Lady podcast, the place to be to discover a deeper connection to your whole self. My name is Julie Hughes, and I'm your host. This podcast is my answer to the deep connection of working with women for over two decades and seeing how similar our internal whispers are. I explore topics that shine a light on these whispers that women speak to me as a professional and bring a voice to it in this space. This podcast explores the whole of us and gives you real life mind-body-spirit tools to bring into your life to create more whole and alive from the inside out. You can find more about the work that I'm up to over on thelifecyclelady.com. Hope you enjoy the episode. Hello. So today I really wanted to speak about where the heck I've been a little bit. I'm going to start there. So I've been really regularly podcasting. It's something that I really enjoy doing. It's a way of, in some ways for me, it's a it's a journal, right? It's an audio journal um, of my life and my work and really sharing of kind of the energy of what's going on in terms of I always share people's stories and I always find that there's always themes in the people that come to me and the work that I'm doing. And in all honesty, I haven't been doing much work with women or much work at all this summer. And there really hasn't been much on my heart to share. So when I show up either on my newsletter or in this podcast space, it's really from, uh, obviously there is wisdom and teaching and education going on. And there's also just a lot of my own heart involved right? Like I am just a person who lives that way. I can't not share my heart and just be all theoretical. It's just not the way I work. So there really hasn't been much on my heart or really my mind to share. I've been working a lot on my own stuff and I've been in deep pause mode. And I talk a lot about that with clients, right? I've talked many times on this podcast about cyclical living. It is a course that I have. Um, but really honoring the cycles within us. So I talk a lot about it in terms of menstrual cycles and honoring the pauses in our menstrual cycles and actually letting ourselves be and sit and pause and rest. And I talk about it in terms of like the life cycle of, of humans, right? These stages of life and there's stages more for action and more for being. And I've talked about it in terms of seasons, but for me, this season of my life has been quite a winter, a very long winter season, right? Even though it's summer outside, I would say that I am in a winter, sorry, my voice is really gravelly. Here in Colorado, we have insane smoke from the California fires so insane that inside your house your throat is so still burning and normally I look out my window and I can see all of the beautiful mountains and I can barely see the end of my street. So my voice is quite gravelly today. Um, 
yeah, so I've been I've been in my own pause and dealing with uh, actually I've been doing a really good job with the fact that normally at one point in my life a pause like this, a very long pause would be like, oh, am I are people going to stop listening or what's going to happen economically if I take such a long pause or what about my to-do list and all of these sorts of things. And I really I'm not in that place. I really just honored that pause at, and I, I guess I would say that at some points I, I was, I say to my husband often, like, is this ever going to go away? Am I ever going to come up? Am I ever going to come up for air? I often think about winter, winter as also like an underworld journey, right? I go deep, deep within and do a lot of healing and trauma. And actually I will probably talk a little bit about the underworld um, in a podcast soon. All of a sudden, I have so much to say. <laughs> I went from having nothing to say to I have 50,000 ideas for 50,000 podcasts I want to record and I want to do it right now. So there was instantly just this shift. I didn't know it was coming. I couldn't have told you the night before. Um, and I don't know how long it will last, but here I am, right? So I was in this winter um, and I came out of it in this interesting way. I have been watching this woman talk about light and UV light and the different rays of light from uh, the sun, especially in the sunrise and the sunset and the different colors that come up um, and that what that does in terms of our eyes and the light codes that it gives us in terms of our microtubules in our brain and the activation of ATP and mitochondria. And if all these words are too much for you, if you're not a science geek like me, it basically means how our bodies work and using light source, <clears throat> sunlight, to heal, especially from inflammation and to just really live a, in a healthy body. And so I've been listening to her for a long time. And of course, I love the sun and I get out in the sun, but I definitely don't do sunrise, right? I don't know. I've been a midwife for a very long time and I had four children and I'm quite happy to sleep till as long as my youngest will let me, which is about 6.30. So a few days ago on Monday this week, I actually got up and went for a walk to absorb the sun's rays as it was coming up and to just kind of try this out right and I woke up on my own I actually asked my body if you were ready to do this can we wake up and my body naturally woke up listening to my own internal wisdom and I went out and had this walk and before this walk I was still very much in winter and as the sun began to rise, and as I began to walk and walk and walk and absorb the energy of the sun's light in my eyes, so no glasses, no sunglasses, no hat, just not staring at the sun, obviously, but, you know, taking in the sun's light, um, I just felt like I was being reborn, which is... To me, again, there's all these analogies being thrown around, but winter, also death and rebirth. I feel like a rebirth was happening. And I had pretty big aha on the work that I do in the world <clears throat> that I have done for, you know, decades now as a midwife and now as a midwife in a very different way. And that the main thread of what I do in this world is help people transform pain. 
and help people understand the importance of discomfort for our growth as humans, for our growth in our relationships, for our evolution in life, for, yeah, the importance of this discomfort, for our humanness, right? This idea of rewilding. I talk a lot about re... Yeah, so... I had this, I don't know why I haven't thought this thought before, but it was, it felt like it was being given to me, right? It was <coughs> this thread of helping people through pain. So as a midwife, that's a pretty easy concept to understand, right? There's pain, I always used to say pain with a purpose, right? Like you get a baby at the end. And I uh, talk with people a lot about being with the pain, and transforming that pain. In fact, I mean, in my own personal experience, several, my last two of four births were not painful. They really, really weren't. But there was an, there's an energy and intensity, sometimes a discomfort. And then being with that is very different than fighting it, is very different than not wanting to be with it, just like being in it. And that is a very hard thing to describe. The being in something is an experience. It is not something that I can create for you. It is something I can guide you into. But it is a hard thing always to put into words. But I had this really big uh, realization, right? That when we, and this is something I've, I've always known, but when, when we shy away from pain, when we ignore pain, um, it just really causes us to disconnect, right? Because pain is part of life. It is. It is part of life. Um, and we hear and see and set up our systems of our world <laughs> are often set up to disconnect from pain, numb from pain, or discomfort, right? To not be, I mean, our most of our world is set up to make us more comfortable, like the inventions of couches rather than sitting on the ground. The invention of, I don't know, all of the things that we have, it's, it's so hard to even say because it's literally like all around me, right? All around all of us, all of the things that we do to make ourselves comfortable, even jackets, right? Jackets to keep us more comfortable, heating system. I'm not, I'm not labeling these things as bad. Please don't hear that in my words. I'm just pointing out all the ways that we keep ourselves comfortable and kind of in a box, right? And that there is, and I'm, funnily enough, I, as this realization is happening, I'm reading this book right now called The Comfort Crisis. Um, embrace discomfort and reclaim your wild, happy, and healthy self. Um, it finally came in in the, it's a brand new book, but it, I just got it out of the library. And it, it is, for me, there's not a whole lot new that I'm learning other than it's really great to hear more stories. Um, and that there's some, you know, there's quite a lot of scientific literature. But for me, it's like literally reading the book is like putting my heart. <laughs> it's like I wrote the book. I did not write the book. Um, but it, it just really is like, it just speaks to my heart because and it speaks to the science, right? The, that when we don't, so let's take something I often talk about <clears throat> since we're talking about winter, although it is summer. 
you know, in this in the winter, we put on coats and we keep ourselves warm all of the time, right? We always are protecting ourselves from the cold. But what we don't realizing is that there is an innate system, an inherent system in us that actually that cold activates our immune system. It activates quite a lot. It activates our nervous system which is really huge and in a very positive way. And so, so many of us try to protect ourselves and stay comfortable against the cold rather than embracing and going with the cold. And I can tell you as someone who's made that transition, actually, I've always loved cold. Cold is kind of a a thing for me that I willingly go to. Um, But when you do that, you don't experience it in any of the same way. Same with birth. Like when you pull against a contraction, it becomes a hell of a lot longer and more painful. Your experience of it does, rather than when you are able to let go, surrender, and go in to the feeling of that contraction, right? I've done it both ways. I've been in both places, so I'm not judging one versus the other as good or bad, but I can tell you one feels more uh Working with something always feels easier. It just is going with the flow, right? It just does. It feels easier. Rather than pulling away from something, it just makes it harder. It really does. You can do, say the same thing about summer and the weather of summer, like since we're sticking on that. It's really friggin' hot here. It's like 99 degrees today and there's crazy smoke. So all of our, I don't have air conditioning. I don't want air conditioning. My husband keeps pushing it and I'm like, no, no, no. And it's because of this idea of discomfort. Like if I, if I have air conditioning, I will use it all the time. And I want my body to feel the fluctuations of temperature. And it's okay to be uncomfortable sometimes. And yeah, it's actually really good for our bodies to be uncomfortable sometimes. Right? Hopefully that makes sense. So... Shying away from discomfort, shying away from pain, ignoring pain, connects us, disconnects us. So somebody once said this <coughs> word pain stands for, this is not, I did not make this up, but I cannot remember where I saw it. Uh, pay attention inside now. Pay attention inside now. So pain is not this thing that is being done to you and you must numb it with this or that medicine to make it go away. Pain is your body's way, emotional, physical, spiritual way of speaking to you, right? I just got over a three-day migraine. I've talked many times about migraines on this, uh, in this podcast, because it is a thing that happens to me. I don't know that they'll be happening again. There was a big shift, so I'll, I'll let you know. But this was a very spiritual and emotional and trauma-based uh, migraine that came to me for the, for the three days this weekend. And I did not numb it, just like I did not numb labor. I went through the pain, right? I'm not saying you can never, I have used pain medicine in my life. I'm not, I'm not, again, not saying that. Don't always take the things, you know, I'm not literally saying don't ever do anything with this pain. I'm just saying, what if you looked at pain? What if you had the perspective of pain in a very different way? as in pay attention inside now, right? So my dad had surgery last week. He got some kidney stones taken out that were way too big to pass, right? And so then 
he was at work two days later. And I talked to him. And he said he was in a lot of pain. <laughs> of course. And I said, well, what, it, what would it take for you just to rest? And so this is the man that I learned never to rest from. And I really value my dad. So I valued that he never rested, right? And that's what, where that kind of came from in my own psyche. So what if you just rested? What if you just paid attention and what you, to what your body was saying? And he had all the excuses on why he couldn't. And uh, there was no one to do these things for him, right? And so that maybe is true. That might be some truth to that. I understand that. There were things that didn't get done on my to-do list over my winter, right? And maybe I even judge myself sometimes for those things. But the point is, his body is going to be a lot healthier. His emotionality will be a lot healthier. And his spirit will be a lot healthier if he just listened. What happens if we as a society shift our perspective on health and wellness and just listen? Once when my son was, my first son's 17 now, he was in kindergarten. And he went to kindergarten at a public school. And he sucked his thumb. He sucked both thumbs, actually, like one after the other. And, you know, up until that point, he really hadn't been around a ton of kids. Like, there was no preschool or daycare or any of these sorts of things to, like, not a massive exposure to germs, I guess. Anyways, he got sick a lot in kindergarten. I think all kindergartners do, but he got sick a lot. And I did not send him to school when he was sick. If he had a sneeze and a cough and didn't feel very good, I kept him home because it's kindergarten. And I was, and I had the, you know, luxury of being able to do that. And so they actually, I got a letter saying that they would report me to Child Protective Services because my kid was not in school enough, which first of all is stupid because in Colorado, you don't even have to send your kid to kindergarten anyways. And second of all is stupid because I kept my sick kid home <laughs> and I had a conversation with the teacher. I had a meeting with her. And I told her this, that we keep our kid home when he's sick. And it was just such, like, to me, it's just like, of course you do that. But she's like, no, in life you have to, you know, when you're not that sick, you just go out into the world and you just keep going. And it's like, well, you don't get, you then that makes you get really sick because you just keep going, right? So to me, it's, again, it's ignoring that. It's ignoring pain, Right. And not resting. And so I guess I'm talking a little bit about, I'm talking about discomfort and pain. And those, and in some ways, they very much overlap. And in some ways, they're very, very different, right? So these message, so I guess I would say discomfort is your body's way of, in my opinion, your body's way of asking you to evolve and grow. Discomfort in a relationship to me, can be handled in a really productive way to allow that relationship to grow, right? I've had this in my own <clears throat> marriage of 17 years. We've had really just uncomfortable conversations. Without those uncomfortable conversations, we would have got divorced, right? We've had to speak our needs and our feelings, and that's not always comfortable, especially when you didn't grow up speaking those things. So discomfort comes in that way, it comes in the physical way, and then there's pain, which can be uncomfortable also. <laughs> I guess that's the lap over, lap over, overlap, lap over, overlap. The message of pain 
that physical, that emotional, that spiritual. And to me, they're all connected, right? So often when you have a physical pain, there will either be an emotional or a spiritual underlying to that pain, which is why sometimes pain doesn't get better unless you dig in deeper. Not always, but often, right? So I share the, the most easiest example that I often share is uh, people who come to me for sleep stuff, for hormonal issues, when really underlying it is a whole lot of bigger emotional issues that eventually come up. And once we deal with those, then the sleep issues heal. It's not about throwing this drug or that supplement at it. It's about actually getting to the root of the problem. And we don't sit with pain very well. I don't know that we know how to sit with pain, to be super honest. As a culture, you know, we don't sit with the pain of death. Uh, we, we don't sit with it, right? I remember actually, this is like story time today. Um, I remember when my brother, my brother died, uh, I don't know now, many, over a decade ago. He was killed in a car accident or a motorcycle accident. Um, actually, the anniversary is coming up of his death. Um, so maybe that's why this is on my mind. So we were at the hospital, right, in the emergency room, and they had done surgery, and my brother was dead. But And I knew that, And but my parents were there, and they were, like, bagging, masking him to, I don't know, I think they just, just to get the par- the people to a certain place where they can stop doing that. I guess is what that it, it seemed like theater to me. Maybe that's because I'm super aware and intuitive. Maybe because I, I have quite a strong knowledge of, of medicine and, and, you know, I've bag and masked babies before as a midwife. Maybe that's why, but he was definitely not alive anymore and they were doing this. And then at some point the breakdown happened and they stopped and left the room. Now, the next thing that was said I went out and got my brother's things, right? His clothes and uh, keys and all of the things that he had. And then the next thing that was said when my parents came out was, uh, we would like to give you some sleeping medicine, right? To help you cope with this. <laughs> and my mom said, no, thank you. And then we dr- I drove them to their house and I stayed the night at their house. <clears throat> And my husband and my kids came. My kid, I had one kid at the time. And then I, we got, there was a knock on the door at like, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 at night. And it was my parents, uh, one of their neighbors was a doctor. He was an, I, I don't know, I think he was an anesthesiologist. I don't remember. But he came by with some medicine to help my mom sleep and to help the pain not seem so bad is what he said. My mom said no. And so this is not, this is one of many, many examples I could give you of, you know, I could give you so many examples of ways that we, we just don't listen to the pain. We don't want to be with pain. We don't want to be with a pain of death. We don't want to be with the pain of life. <laughs> we don't want to be with all of the things in the world that cause us these pain, this pain. And we numb and we disconnect. And there's lots of ways we numb and disconnect. We disconnect through food. We disconnect through uh, TV. 
We disconnect through mind-numbing on social media. We disconnect through overworking. We disconnect through all sorts of different ways. I'm sure you know your way. I have my way. I'm not saying I'm Buddha on the mountain over here. Uh, never claim to be. I'm just a human on the path. This like you are. I've just done a, a lot of dedication and a lot of work. And my husband pointed out when I talked to him about this realization that I help people with pain. I help people alchemize pain. He said, well, yeah, you're a healer. That's what healers do. <laughs> and it was like this dull moment on his part, but such a big aha moment on my part. I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I've had a judgment that no one is going to want to really... Uh, heal the pain. And I think it's because at some point in my life, I didn't want to he heal the pain. I actually quite identified with it and maybe even enjoyed a little bit the pain. I'm talking very late teens and early 20s. And I I think that's maybe kind of common and, and maybe part of the process. I'm, I'm not quite sure. I know that as speaking of somebody who has two teens now, I definitely see some of this happening, right? There's this struggle. There is a struggle. And there's like what you see in the outside world versus what you're feeling inside. And there is a lack of coherence often in like prominent culture, especially amongst poor, these poor teens. And then like their internal, actual intuitive experience. There's quite a big dis disconnect. And because they're social creatures and they want, and their social nervous system is very heightened at this stage of their life, they really want that to identify with the tribe. That's all of us really, but it's heightened in that teenage stage of life, right? And so there is this lack of coherence. There is this lack of, uh, there is this disconnection that happens. And so pain can be alchemized. Pain can be taken, dove into, felt, experienced, loved, and it can really be, my husband always says, no shit, no roses, right? Without the shit, you don't get the roses. You don't get to grow without the, the fodder in life, without the crap in life. And it's what you do with that crap, no matter if you're a man or a woman or what color your skin is or where you are in the world or what you're experiencing in the world, right? There's been some, you know, in my life, people close to me have been through some pretty big things, bigger things than me, right? That doesn't matter. We all have that pain. It feels the same. There is no ranking of pain. It really doesn't work that way. Your pain, my pain, it is pain. Um, yeah. So how do you be with the pain? Maybe let's get to that. How do you actually be with the pain? What are some tools? If I could give you some tools, how do you be with the pain? Because a lot of people don't know how to be with their pain. They just know how to disconnect from it and they don't really know the importance of it, right? And so how do you be with your pain? Well, you get in your body. You got to get in your body to feel the pain because the pain is actually energy, right? Like an emotion. It's energy in motion. And so it's often pain, like a pain in a hip maybe, is a stuck emotion from some point, stuck pattern from some point. <clears throat> My headaches 
my migraines are trapped emotions, right? There also can be other things. There could be maybe a lack of magnesium or this or that. But there is also, for I know in my case, that there is uh, stuck emotions there, right? So you have to you have to get in your body, not just in the pain, but like in your body more often all throughout the day. And I talk about this all the freaking time about we have to be in our body because when we are just watch someone, if you just stand in line in a grocery store or take yourself out to lunch, I did this. I I took myself on a date this weekend. I was kind of done with my kids and I was just I I left and took myself on a lunch date. I don't know the last time I've done that. And I just sat there without my phone and just stared, stared out the window, stared around at the people, people watched, and was just in my body. Rather than sitting there and you watch, and I watched a woman, a woman's friend went to the bathroom, and I wasn't judging her, I was just watching and curious about people. But her friend went to the bathroom, she got on her phone, and she just, like, you can see this look in people's eyes. They're, you're no longer... Not saying you can't be in your body and scroll on social media, but it's pretty hard to do. It takes a whole lot of awareness. And yeah, so so you have to get in your body more often because there's so many things that take us out of our body right now. There's just so many things. So you have to create that daily ceremony to once a time a day get in your body. And then all the times throughout the day, how are you going to return to your body? How do you get in your body? Your breath. Your breath leaves you back into your body. Your breath does it all the time. It will show you exactly what's going on. It will show you if you're kind of sad or if you're all over the place or if you're like a tornado inside or whatever's going on. And then you show up to that feeling. You meet it. You don't judge it. You don't try to make it go away. You don't think, oh, if I just breathe and become a, like a Zen Buddha and feel peaceful and calm, it'll go away. You don't actually, I don't try to change it. I don't try to change it. I just meet it and feel it. I never tried to change the contraction. The contraction is doing what it's needing to do. This pain, this emotion, this discomfort that you're feeling, it's doing what it's needing to do. So you meet it and you feel it. And sometimes that feeling is big. It is a fire, lava, storm where you want to erupt with rage and anger or sadness so deep that you feel like you just can't bear it, like you're going to crack open. It could be a literally physical heart pain. I've had that happen a lot lately, actually. Physical heart pain where it just feels like your heart might break open. It could be feeling of... Your body like literally shakes. There's so much going on in there, right? So to get in your body, I use the breath. You could use breath work. I've talked about that. You could use a meditation. I do those sometimes for you. Uh, in the deep drinks, I also have that 40-day program, which uh, maybe I'll talk about at the end, but I've actually made shifted it and made it into a gift model, which I should probably just do a podcast because that's a whole huge conversation the gift economy sacred economy it is something I love to do that 40-day program and um, so yeah it's becoming a in the gift model so meditation uh, show showing just showing up <laughs> showing up on the map right in whatever way that looks just showing up and 
feeling your body, asking your body what it feels. That is something I also do. Or somatic guidance. So that's a thing that I do with people. So actually having a guide. I also do shamanic journeys often as a way to get inside. So you embody it, which means you get into your body through your breath or any of the other things that I've mentioned. You meet that sensation and feel that sensation and don't try and change it. And then often you express it. And that expression, just from in my experience, it naturally comes out. It is crying. It is shaking. It is maybe laughing. It is moaning. I do. That is a thing I often do. It is some sort of expression. I'm a paint. I started painting uh, on my 40th birthday, actually. So it's been years now, but painting a lot more lately to get the expression out. Right? So you express it in some way, shape, or form. And normally, if you get out of your own way and you don't judge what wants to come out, it will just naturally come out. Yelling, right? Give it space to come out. The more you embody, the more you slow down, often the more that it wants to come up. It's like, you know, it's just like any relationship, really. It's a relationship with yourself. The more you give attention to the relationship with yourself, the more you trust yourself, the more you experience yourself and the more safer that you feel with yourself right and it's part of that is also down regulating the nervous system by slowing down enough and then the final thing is and this is a pretty big one you give it love right so if there's like this dark shadowy part of you that is full of rage and you don't like rage this is speaking from my own experience I'm not a big fan of anger it's not, it's not, I am friendly with many, many emotions, but anger is one that I am, I'm more friendly with now, but has not been in my recent past that friendly. And I'm experiencing a lot of anger at the moment. And so if you're on the mat and you're feeling angry and fiery and just like all of the things, and I have to say that you don't have to fight and not have thoughts come, but for me, it's, it's, there's not many thoughts associated with these emotions. Sometimes there might be memories, but there's not, I'm not thinking to like conjure up the anger. I just feel anger and I go into it. I'd, and then I don't go, oh, and then this made me angry and that made me angry, right? Like that doesn't naturally come to me. If that does come up for you, I would, I would say just like, um, don't push away the thoughts, but just don't engage. Like let them be clouds is the thing you often hear people say. Tap into the feeling, not the thoughts. Let the feeling be louder than the thoughts because the thoughts are more ego-based and the feeling is more true, right? And so when you feel those feelings, you give them love, right? So sometimes for me, there's this like inner child, this like little part of me that feels very, very angry, and so once I feel the anger, I just give her love. I do. I just say, it's, you know, I love you. It's okay to be angry or things like this. Just like really, and just pouring the energy of love. Just saying the word. If you're like, what the heck is the energy of love? Just saying the word love. You <laughs> say the word love. You energetically begin to create the feeling of love. And so I can tell you this, but until you actually watch it and you watch it change and you experience it for yourself, 
you, it's all just words that came out of your device that you're listening to. And so I, I encourage you to allow it to actually shift you, to allow that pain to transform you, to allow that pain to help you with your evolution, to allow that pain to make you feel more whole, right? Because that's what I've found is the more you see the pain, feel the pain, the more whole you actually become. So you don't judge your emotions. You don't judge the anger. You just get angry sometimes. Anger comes up sometimes. Rage comes up sometimes and you get to express it, right? I'm not talking about throwing it on other people, but just the expression of that anger and rage. Yeah, I think that's I think that's mostly what I want to say about that. It's just that I am encouraging you to, to do the work, to be with that pain, because I do think humanity needs to be with pain more. We need to find our way back to becoming more human, to not judging all of the things and not sweeping them under the rug and not trying to numb all of the time. Uh, I also I would say, I guess I, I was at a women's circle. I was asked to speak at a women's circle, just a few women this week. And I talked about this topic because it was very fresh on my heart. So it's something that obviously I'm talking a lot about right now. And just being with women and being witnessed by other women or men or wh whoever you have, your partner or your kids. Just like when you witness your kids, owie, it makes the owie go away right? Just being witnessed and being brave and vulnerable enough to show up in this very different way um, is pretty magical and can be very transformative. That can transform the pain just right then and there, just being seen and witnessed. I think that's why therapy is great for a lot of people, right? Talk therapy. I would say that talk therapy needs to be combined with felt therapy because talk therapy is often you're still in your head, right? And so the pain is actually an energetic charge that's living inside of your body. So there's also the need to feel it. Yeah. So if you want to hear more about this, or if you want to talk with me more about this, send me a message, send me an email, go to my website, soulmidwife.com. And also check out that 40-day soul for a journey that I'm offering just for a few people a month, a few spaces a month as in this idea of the gift economy model. And I will probably do either a blog post or a podcast soon on what the heck that even means. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening in and I will see you soon. Bye.